Chapter 10 Axe found the storage maze and led us there like he'd been born and raised on that blade ship. They know about insect morphs, Cassie said. We're vulnerable. They could flood the ship with insecticides. I'm not dying as a fly, Rachel said. They want me? I'm taking some of them down with me. She was already demorphing, and as far as I could see... She was right. Forget dying as a bug. If the Yurks were going to catch us, it wasn't going to be with a can of Raid. We were about as trapped as we could get. Lizard 3 knew we were on his ship. It was only a matter of time. And as far as this battle was concerned, the Yurks owned time. In our normal bodies again, we could see how scared we were. I could see the way Jake was gritting his teeth. Rachel's mean grin. Cassie's worry tinged with sadness. It would almost have been better to remain in Morph. In Morph, you could hear the fear, but you didn't have to look it in the eyes. I was watching Rachel, trying to decide for the millionth time whether she was brave or just insane, when I happened to focus past her. Rising up behind her was a pillar of glass, a cylinder 10 feet, 12 feet tall, and half as broad. Inside the cylinder was a vague shape, blood red, and midnight blue slashes, highlighting a glistening silver body. Yes, body. Because despite the frosted glass and the mist that filled the cylinder, that ten-foot-tall tube contained something biological. There was a row of the cylinders spaced across the cargo bay, maybe ten in all. They look like creatures of some kind, Cassie said. I could feel the cold emanating from the cylinders. I reached out to touch one but my fingertips went numb before they had gotten within an inch of the surface. Okay, this is totally unnecessary new weirdness, I said. They look almost like... Axe began. Like what? I demanded. I was going to say they look like the Venber Visser 3 mentioned, Axe said. But they cannot be. What's a Venber? Rachel asked. An alien race from a frozen moon several dozen light-years from here, Axe explained. We learned about them in school. They were among the earliest evidence we obtained of life beyond our own planet. But the Venber have been extinct for thousands of years. Yeah, well, speaking of extinct, I said, we'd better get morphed or we're going to end up the same way. Cassie was trying to peer through the mist, struggling to get a closer look at the big, silver creatures. What would Mr. Three want with some extinct aliens? What do you know about these guys, Axe? They never got beyond primitive tool use, though they may have had the intelligence to evolve further, had they survived. They lived in very cold conditions. Two hundred of your degrees below zero. Now there are degrees too, I muttered. Hey, here's something to think about. The bad guys could be here any minute. Any of our minutes. 
Do you want to spend the last few minutes of our lives talking about extinct alien popsicles? I must have sounded a bit hysterical. Jake actually smiled. Marco's right. Get ready. Suddenly, Axe looked alert, like he was listening to far-off music. We are descending. Possibly preparing for a landing. Fine, whatever. Let's morph, Jake said. Descending? I wondered. Preparing to land? Why would Visser 3 let the ship land? If he landed, we could conceivably escape. A mistake? I shook off the worry. I had enough worries already. Minutes later, we were as ready as we were going to get. Jake was in Tiger Morph. Rachel was a grizzly bear. Cassie was a wolf. And Tobias and Axe were their own handsome selves. Me, I went gorilla. Together, we were a tough, deadly fighting team. And then... To our left, a door opened. To our right, a door opened. The door opened right ahead of us. Each door was big enough to frame a dozen hork Peering over their shoulders were more hork And right then, I realized why Visser had let the ship land. He'd located us. He knew he had us. And we were definitely dead. Chapter 11 I stopped breathing. hork were everywhere. Everywhere. This wouldn't be a fight. This would be a slaughter. Then, at the center door, he appeared. Well, well, well. Here, aboard my own ship. How nice of you to come around to see me. Can I offer you anything? Something to drink? To eat? Or maybe just a quick death? The visitor laughed. He had reason to laugh. Three doors opened and filled with Dracon-armed hork Give the word, Jake, Rachel whispered. Give the word and I swear I can at least get him. Three doors? Wasn't there a fourth door? And why wasn't it open? Axe, I said urgently. I don't want to turn around and look, but is there a fourth door? Axe swiveled one stock eye. Yes, it must lead to the exterior of the ship. But there is a control pad protecting the emergency manual release. It is undoubtedly coded. It would take me hours to find the security code. Of course. And Visser 3 knew that. But maybe this wasn't a case for subtlety. I flexed my canned ham fist. Jake, there's another door behind us. A keypad. Maybe I can break it open. And get fried before you twitch, Jake pointed out. No, the Yurks will not fire weapons in here. Not with those canisters, Axe said. They are obviously valuable specimens. Jake reached a very fast decision. Rachel, next word Mr. Three says, you slam the nearest canister. Marco, the keypad. Axe. Back up Marco. Tobias, Cassie, and me, straight at Visser 3. A faint. I was getting ready to make a lame pun about faint and faint when the Visser spoke. Surrender now and... Before he could get to his fourth word, Rachel struck. 
A mountain of grizzly slammed hard into the nearest cylinder. Wham! Nothing! Too late. I'd already spun around and bounded toward the keypad. Kill them! Visser 3 screamed. Tobias screamed. Rachel bellowed. She slammed all her weight this time. All her strength. A single crack. A small, pathetic crack. Appeared in the cylinder wall. The mist began to seep out. Jake, Cassie, and Tobias attacked. No other option now. I saw a flash of orange and black leaping straight at Visser 3. No less than half a dozen hork enveloped him, blades flashing. I saw the keypad. I drew back my pile driver arm and slammed it with all my might. It crumpled like a tin can. RIP AWAY THE METAL! Axe yelled, even as he used his reversed stock eyes to aim a sonic boom tail snap at a rushing hork Rachel withdrew, backed up a dozen feet, and ran all out. Full speed, on all fours at the cylinder. A small army of hork leapt after her. Just then, I saw Cassie flying through the air. Not a leap. She'd been thrown, bloodied and broken. Tobias was in the air, harassing Visser 3, aiming for his vulnerable stock eyes. Wham! Rachel hit the cylinder. A flailing mob of hork literally covered her. And then... The cylinder shattered. It fell in pieces. The mist inside billowed out. Horkbegir screamed and tried to back away, but too late. The clouds of mist caught them, freezing any body part it touched. Not freezing as in it made them cold. Freezing as in solid, like stone gargoyles. I saw one puzzled hork gape in horror as his left leg simply broke off and lay on the deck like a piece of a statue. The mist hit Rachel, too, but she had a thick coat of fur. The fur froze and shattered off like thousands of brittle needles. I ripped away the loose metal of the keypad. Squeeze that handle! Axe ordered. I squeezed. Too late, Visser 3 saw his mistake. Bridge! He roared. Bridge, get us up! Get us up! The outer hall door began to slide. It opened onto empty whiteness. Jake, Cassie, everyone! Door open! Bail! I yelled. The freezing mist was swirling around the floor now, forcing the visitor to back up. But that didn't mean he wouldn't send his troops into it. After them! After them! Hulkbegir plowed through the mist and found themselves on frozen feet. Feet with toes that broke off, with ankles that snapped. Jake coiled his tiger muscles and took the mist at a leap. Tobias was first out the door. Cassie lay unconscious in a heap, with mist advancing on her. Without hesitation, Rachel walked into the mist and lifted Cassie's wolf body with her teeth. The grizzly's left foot stayed where it had frozen. Rachel staggered to the door on a stump. One by one, we tumbled out of the door and into emptiness. Chapter 12 We landed about 20 feet below in a pile of fur, claws, wings, and hooves. I hit hard, 
face down. I was under hundreds of pounds of morphed humans and one alien. There was a huge whoosh. The blade ship following Visser 3's orders and going for altitude. Bad timing. I could practically hear him screaming, No! No! Down! Down! I scratched at the ground and tried to pull myself out of the squirming pile. But the ground was slippery. Ice. I could feel the black, leathery skin on my chest burning against it. Just a few inches from my face, I could see Jake's claws scraping at the ice. I tried to push away to get out from under the grizzly bear lying over me, but not even my strength could move Rachel till she rolled away. I tried to stand up. I felt my skin tearing as I pulled away from the ice. Ow, 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 ow! I screamed. But then I saw Rachel's foot, or at least the stump where the foot had been. She was demorphing as fast as she could. Grizzlies can take a lot of pain, but nothing like losing an entire foot. Cassie was reviving, turning her wolf snout back and forth like a person having a bad dream. Then, Yeah, oh, oh man, where are we? Someplace cold, I said. Really cold. You better demorph and remorph fast. I could see the blade ship. It had shot into the air, up through the clouds, and was still hauling away. But it would be back. Marco's right, Jake said. Jeez, is it cold enough? My arms were already starting to lose their mobility. It was intensely, horribly cold. The still warm blood on my chest gave off a steamy mist in the frosty air. I was a jungle creature, big and furry, but not really adapted for anything less than hot and sticky. And we were a long way from hot and sticky. Cassie was human again, standing barefoot on ice. Think I'll re-morph, she chattered. Rachel wasn't far behind her. What is this? Alaska? She demanded, steam escaping from between her lips. As out of place as we all were, no one looked more out of place than Rachel in human form. Could be Alaska, Tobias said. About a mile that way. I see some kind of base, or even a town. Lots of gray, corrugated metal buildings. One bigger than the rest. Big doors like on plane hangers. There's like this giant bowl attached to the roof. And that's the hawk report, boys and girls. I am morphing before I end up in the frozen food section next to the frozen chicken. That settles it, I said. It ain't Hawaii. I couldn't see the base in any detail. Just a vague outline in the distance. But to my right was an endless body of half-frozen water, a jigsaw puzzle in ice. On our left, a hundred yards from the shore, was a huge outcropping of craggy rocks, the foot of an enormous mountain range that swept up and away into the distance. No trees, no grass. Just a ridge of black rock and white snow. Not the Caribbean either, I said, trying to ignore the fact that my big gorilla feet were freezing in place. Oh! Cassie cried. I've never felt cold like this. I'm a wolf, and I'm cold. Tobias! Rachel shouted. He had suddenly collapsed. He lay on the ice, flapping his wings lamely. I can't fly! Can't morph! Losing! 
Rachel scooped him up and tucked him into her chest with hands half human and half bare. She morphed, growing huge around him, all the while keeping him pressed to her fur. I slapped my big hands against my arms and rubbed, trying to work feeling back into my fingers. I looked up and saw the blade chip, an ominous black shape against the clouds. He is not coming back this way, Axe said. He will be heading for his base. You'd think that would make us feel better, but no one thought for a minute that he was just going to let us go. No, he just figured there was no hurry. Unlike us, he knew where we were, and he knew we weren't going to get far. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, thank you for bearing with me as I took a week off for Thanksgiving. I really needed that. And now I'm back, I'm refreshed, and there's a loud car outside of my window, so nothing's changed. Um, but I am ready to, uh, keep on going on and read some cool messages some people have sent in. That was a bad segue. I had one, and then that car distracted me, and I totally lost it. But nevertheless, we have some uh, messages. The first one was sent in through my website's contact form. That website is theapodcalypse.com. That's theapodcalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, And this was written by Becky, who writes in saying, Hey, Daniel, I stumbled on your Audiomorphs podcast on Spotify. I read some of the Animorphs books as a kid. Not in order, since I never owned them all. Since I never owned them all, sadly. Ha ha. And decided at 32, now is a great time to officially read them all. A friend sent me links to read them all for free. Very exciting. Anyway, I don't know why I looked up Animorphs on Spotify, but I did. And I just wanted to say, you are amazing. I am absolutely enthralled with how you read the books. It took a little getting used to, as I had gotten up to book 8 before I found your channel. But after listening to you do all the voices for Book 9, The Secret, narrated by Cassie, I was hooked. You do such a perfect job. Now I can't imagine them in my own head any other way. Voice acting is hard work, dude. Especially doing different voices and remembering them all and switching so fluidly between sentences when they are all talking to each other. I just finished Book 11, The Forgotten, with the time-traveling stuff, and I loved how you incorporated the jungle sounds. And always loved the Dracon beam noise. I also heard about you getting rid of all the episodes and just keeping the whole books. I love listening to the little things at the end of each episode. So maybe if you kept that part, kept that or part of it in there, like as a mini intermission, that would be super cool. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for all your hard work, dedication, and love for the series. These books have been such a soft spot in my heart. What kid doesn't want to fly? Or be a tiger? Or bear? Or a dolphin? Or a billion other animals? Maybe not bugs though, haha. And save the world! You bring extra heart and excitement to the series. I was never a huge audiobook person, mostly because they're expensive, but I look forward to just driving places and listening to audiomorphs, or cleaning my house and listening. It's just so wonderful, so thank you. You are much appreciated, and I can't wait to get further into the series. Thank you, Daniel. No, thank you, Becky, for uh, that wonderful and kind message and listening to the series. And don't worry, a surprisingly large amount of people, which I mean like two or three, I think, but, you know... For the rate of um, replies I get about the show, pretty high, uh, wrote in and said, no, wait, we like the the mini episodes and having the thing at the end. So it's here to stay. Don't worry. Um, 
you know, almost uh, you're on book of 10 books into the future. So we're still doing these. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for writing in. I'm, I'm so glad that you're enjoying this and that you like what I do. Um, I'm so glad you think my voice acting is good. It's, you know, uh, quite literally amateur hour. I'm learning as I go, but um, appreciate it. And I appreciate you. <laughs> um, and I'm 31. So, hey. Never too late to to start. Re- I reread these when I was like twenty six. Never too late. Uh, it's just it's a good series. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Becky. Um, I also got an email from our longtime listener Tank. Uh, and that email is audiomorphscast at gmail dot com. Uh, and Tank wrote in and said, "Hi Daniel, I hope you are well and have and had a great Thanksgiving. I uh, I was meant to email in after." I think that uh, maybe the autocorrect got the best of you here, Tank. I'm going to try to uh, restructure your sentence a little bit. Uh, I meant to email in after the end of the Helmicrons, but such is life. Uh, I found it very funny, even if the jokes got a bit dry at the end. Marco was best suited to be shrunk, uh, always cracks me up. I have a few photos of my two-night camp on the coast, lots of snakes on the first day, and a fun hike along the cliff on the second, and a beautiful fish called the Western Blue Devil. Hope you have a great week. Stay safe. Stay happy. My name is Tank. One day, I believe the Andalites will come. Till then, we fight. Thank you so much for writing in, Tank. Um, yeah, I mean, the Helmicrons were, like, fine. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty one note. Um, but I'm glad you enjoyed it, you know? Uh, I, it's there, so, uh, I hope people do enjoy it. <laughs> uh, Tank also sent me a bunch of photos. They're all very pretty. Listen, folks, he was not kidding about this Western Blue Devil fish. Uh, that's quite a pretty fish. It's got, like, these, um, iridescent points of, like, super rich deep blue, uh, that just shimmer. It's, uh, it's just very pretty. I'd recommend looking it up. I'm not gonna post it on Twitter. Sorry. You can just Google it. It's called the Western, uh, Blue Devil. One more time, the Western Blue Devil. Uh, here, I'll... Siri, look up Western Blue Devil. There you go. You're welcome, people. <laughs> um, that is all the message I have this week. Thank you, uh, Tank and Becky, for writing in. If you'd like to write in, you can do it to, through the uh, two aforementioned places or a third place, and that's on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. You can also reach me on Twitter. That's at audiomorphs. I might just reply if you do that, but uh, that's also a place you should check. If uh, I'm ever late posting an episode, I will probably have a reason up uh, there for why. Um, That's, I think, all I got for you this week. So thanks for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>